Welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a, what are we? What are we in? Uh, we're basically in lockdown over here. We got the police station next door. Yeah, it, it was a- an interesting drive into the studio. We're right next to a St. Paul police major station. Major precinct. Yep. And uh, so everything's cordoned off. We're the only ones in the entire building. National Guard was right there, too. National Guard is right the there. Humvees. So it was uh, it was interesting, you know. You, I was as some people checked on my Instagram. I was down here the other day, kind of looking around at uh, at the the carnage, the, the wanton destruction, and uh, I'd kind of forgotten about it overnight. Well, not forgotten about it, but it was visually out of my mind because I didn't. Right. Wait, I woke up to out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, so I got down here again, and everything. The post offices are boarded up. the The gas stations are boarded up. There's basically not a liquor store or a gas station within ten miles of here that hasn't been looted. Right. Essentially, it's it's just a, for, for everybody that's just like watching on CNN or Fox News or whatever. When you it's, look at it, it's right here. It's uh, it's it's way worse than you see. Yeah, because a lot of the the mainstream media is you flying around in a helicopter because they're just a giant bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and they have a helicopter. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really give you the, the perspective of what it's like to kind of be on the ground here and see. I don't it's it's tough on this podcast because it is a car podcast. I'm not sure if I want to get into it too much, but I just it's, it's hard not to talk about though. It is because we're from here. And you know, I when I posted everything on Instagram, I had a bunch of photos. I went down there and I took some photos of, you know, kind of what was going on during the day because I don't have the courage to go down there at night. I, I just don't. I have I've got a family at home. I, I I can't do it. I I so I went down there, took pictures during the day, and what I saw was unbelievable yeah and then it, I, it looks like a war zone and then someone posted reposted one of my photos and they said this is what it looks like in america now this really seems strange you know when you think about middle eastern countries or you think about you know hong kong or these other countries or even third world countries you think that they're used to it right they don't mm-hmm. and, the, and the one thing that sets us apart is our rules right because when you think about it we are, this is going to sound weird, but we're like genetic bags of meat, right? We're just, <laughs> we're just, we're just machines. We're all built the same. Uh-huh. Our color of our skin may be different, but that doesn't affect who we are. Yeah, I think what you're saying is people are more similar than they are dissimilar. In, in at core, yes. Yeah. And what differentiates somewhere like the United States or Great Britain or Canada or some of the Western countries is our rule set, right? So we have this rule set. This, it's basically, uh, it's, it's, a, it's more than that. It's also like, Culture, heritage, everything that makes yeah, up but that society. Rule, that rule set just laws. That just rule set is built. Laws. Yeah, well, yeah, but that rule set is built on um, the shining city on a hill. You know, as, as the foundation was was Western philosophy. I mean, you could break this all the way down into Western philosophy and some of the the philosophers that the founding fathers looked up to um, to basically write the Constitution. So it is an ideology, yes, but. But that ideology created the social construct that we all have with each other. So it's this, even if you don't know, let's say you come here, mm-hmm. and but you already kind of understand the laws, right? The laws here are very, very common sense to us. Okay. So you, we have common sense laws. It's the social construct. It's like a handshake agreement that we are going to, it's, I almost consider it like the golden rule. We basically live in this country on the golden rule. Do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Okay. And- when that's and then the, we we extrapolate laws from that right like don't murder don't steal don't but if you want to boil Those it down are pretty uh, general rules I think everywhere in the world yeah but they're not obeyed and they're not enforced and if they're enforced they're enforced differently there's I don't want to get into some of the laws that are in some of these countries like for example you have Sharia law right which is a far more strict version of that so it's not. I don't want to go there. I don't no, want to. So I know the point you're getting to. So here's just my get point. To the point. Okay. So my point is basically you have a um, a social construct and you have a handshake agreement with your fellow citizens that you're going to operate and act in a certain way. And you have expectations of other people that they are also going to act in that certain way. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go to work and you do your thing and everybody kind of leaves each other alone. But you have groups of people that feel – and I try to put myself in the in the shoes of others. Okay. okay. I don't try to – I try not to analyze situations from my point of view okay. because my point of view is not the point of view of the people that are um, disaffected. Sure. Okay. So you have groups of people that are disaffected. In this in this case, it's it's the black community. Right. They, they feel disaffected. And I go, well, 
I don't know if that's true or not. From from my perch, I'm like everybody. Everything just seems fine. I mean, I've, we have you know, I've, which is why a lot of people get angry when right. a guy like you or I starts to try exactly. To so here's understand. what I do. Here's what I do. I try to say, okay, why do people feel this way? Okay, why? What? What about it would make people feel this way? So then I look at. It, I'm like, okay, what happened? George Floyd was more or less murdered, right? right. I mean, he was murdered. Yes. Yeah. Uh, negligently or intentionally, whatever the case may be. He was murdered. I think he's charged with manslaughter, technically, if you will. Uh, it's murder three. Is it murder three? It's murder three. Okay. Uh, yeah, murder three. And I think manslaughter as well. I, I don't, I'm not a legal mind. I don't know. But so he got charged. Okay. If I'm, if I'm a black person and I think that uh, we live in this social construct, right? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to do your thing as, as, as a black person doing, going about your regular life, trying to abide by the social construct that is built upon these set of rules. Okay, and then all of a sudden, a group of people basically says those rules don't apply to you. Okay, so who is saying that? Um, they're fine. Like, let, I think that they are feeling that that's the way that things are. We aren't part of the same social construct that everybody else is living in. So then, the social construct doesn't apply to them, and you have the anger that comes out, and that's why you're starting to see some of the the looting and rioting and stuff like that, which isn't honestly only black people it's you know black and white people are all doing these things yeah for sure and i think that you see these these groups that um are disaffected that don't feel part of the system and if you don't feel like part of the system you don't have to abide by its laws anymore that is so it becomes, perhaps the justification it, so it becomes a war against those with skin in the game and those that don't have skin in the game or feel that they don't have skin in the game. And the reason why they feel like they don't have skin in the game is because they feel like the ones that are uh, supposed to be enforcing the laws to make uh, to make equity for everyone. You have equi- equity of uh, opportunity, right? That's what we want in this country is ec- equity of opportunity. Not equity of outcome. No. You want equity no, of... It's the, that's what sets us apart is the idea of the American dream. Social right. mobility. Right. Equi- Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. And if you feel... If you feel like you don't have that opportunity... Because it's being taken away from you because the the people that are supposed to be upholding the laws systemically are going to oppress you. Right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that premise, but it's what's being told every day, all the time. And you have outlying events like this that happen, and it basically enforces that this is true. And then you get these situations where I can't, I can't necessarily blame people for the way that they feel. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, it's, it's a really, really tough situation, and I don't know what the, what the solution is. I really don't, because when you pull the veil of society back, this is what you get. And we're no, like, to circle back, we're no different than the people in third world countries that have violence all the time. They are just humans like us, but their social construct is different. Situations are different. And so what your point is, when situations change, we're not any better or worse. We're not any better or worse, and we have to be really, really careful with our social construct here. We have to be careful to make sure that there's equal opportunity for everyone right. and that they don't feel like the opportunity is not there for them because I, yeah. when they feel like the opportunity isn't there that's when they take themselves out of the social construct that we built for all of us and whether they are justified in feeling that way or not doesn't matter they do feel that way so we need to find out why they feel that way and then fix it that's the only solution and i don't know what that solution is I don't know how we make a segment of society feel like they are part of the social construct again when for 60 years they felt like they aren't. Longer than that. Well, I'm talking about when the laws changed in the 60s for the civil rights. Sure. When the laws changed for them that said, hey, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing Jim Crow. You can vote, blah, blah, blah. All these things changed. Okay, so for the last 60 years, it's supposed to have been an equity-built system. Right. But they still feel like well, it isn't. Because what happened before then? Of course. There's still some of that built into society and history. Yeah, it's it, the foundation of it, of it is there. Um, but how do, you, how do you move past that finally? What do you right. need to do to move past that? You know, do we need... I'm not getting into solutions because that's not my job. I'm just opining on what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's... Uh, I think we should talk about cars. Yeah, let's let's talk about cars on a car podcast. <laughs> it's tough for me not to talk about this stuff I because I'm I'm passionate about it. Yep, and I certainly haven't commented really. A couple of people have asked me my thoughts, being because other people from that aren't here want to know. I had people from all over on. the world. I was resisting commenting, yeah. but I had people from all over the world. What's going on? How do you feel about this? You're from there. I've been in Minneapolis for 20 years. 
Right. I've never, ever even remotely seen anything like this. I don't no. think anybody in America has seen anything like this since you know Los Angeles riots. Right. So it's, you know, I think it's important for us to talk about it. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, they can ask me or ask you or talk about it with each other. I've got a lot of one-on-one interactions going on on social, social media, talking to people about this stuff. And that's, I think that's what we have to do, you know, is have like these one-on-one conversations that, that aren't full of vitriol, that aren't, Agreed. you know, a lot of times you have a, you'll have a conversation with a stranger and you say, well, I think, I think it's this. And they go, you're a racist. And then you can't have a conversation with anyone anymore. You have to remain open-minded, especially if you're not part of any of it, which I'm not. Right. And I want to understand. I want to understand. And if we don't understand, and if people that aren't part of this don't understand, there'll never be a solution. We have to work together, even if you don't agree with either side. You just, you have to, you have to do it. And that means having conversations like we're having right now. Yeah. So. Hey, you know where you can hear more conversations, Chris? Where's that? On our Patreon. Yes. Head over to patreon.com slash overcrest to get exclusive content. We have another one coming out next week on something quite interesting. Not related to that conversation. No, no, no. No, but we have a whole back catalog of There's gotta be unique like 50, history episodes. Like around 15 plus or minus of those. Something, yeah, those now. at least. I would say at least. Yeah. Um, you know, we also have some cool swag. If you're one of the top tier members that we'll be giving out soon, you may have seen that posted on our Instagram. Yeah, it's so. been it's been great seeing people uh, seeing people sign up more and more uh, to support the show. We really, really, we really love that. It's it keeps us going. Keeps it us really going, and what it's, keep it going. it's five dollars. Yeah, five bucks you get exclusive stuff. Ten bucks you get um, a shirt and some other things that we aren't. I guess we kind of revealed it, didn't we? I kind of posted about it. Yeah, these the cool pins. The, the cool pins, pins that we have. We're waiting for, for sure. kind of some packaging so those look nice when we send them out. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be coming for some of the Patreon members. They'll be available too for anybody else. But honestly, financially, it's going to be better to just <laughs> sign up for Patreon. And, and so you can support the show that way yeah. as well. So do you have any updates on have you done any car stuff at all? Not or really? I really haven't. No. no. Buy my Hummer. Then I can do car stuff. Your Hummer that sounds like this? That, that is exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. It's, I had a couple people reach out and ask me about it. Yeah, I think, what would you take for it? Bottom line, with a broken engine. What, what do you want? You want I don't like, even know yet, because no one's made me an offer that I'm like, can go back and forth on. As I, I told he, you. Here's my fair offer. What's that? Not for me, but what I think is a fair offer. I think eight grand. Is eight grand. I thought you said a grand. I was like, no, Chris, that is not fair. <laughs> I think eight grand is fair if the person is doing their own work and putting right. a new motor and stuff like that because it leaves you maybe once you're done a couple thousand dollars in equity because uh, the motor is like what four grand three grand a motor you can get for two to three yeah. okay so you're at 10 grand all in plus your labor cost it's worth like 13 14 14 trade-in okay a little bit more price so it's worth 50 that's why i'm like oh when the guy offered me six i was like no i can't yeah take you that. can't do that but i think eight would be yeah fair. i would definitely talk to you about eight um my car is i called him up I'm like, hey, how's it going? I call him once a week. You know, I don't want to like just, everybody's asking me, hey, what's the status of your car? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want it. Me calling anytime you, if something if something is being done, whether your computer's in for repair at Best Buy or your car is at the body shop, you calling is guaranteed to make it either be done the same time you expected or, or, less. or less yeah, or slower. You're never going to get it done faster. Like, how's by it calling. going? Well, I was working on it until you interrupted me. Exactly. So uh, I call them up. I call them on Thursdays or Fridays. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? Yeah. So the basically the fenders are done being worked. Yep. They had worked the fenders quite a bit. Uh, the All the front end work is done. We're waiting for uh, patch panels for the doors. So the bottom six inches of both doors is going to be replaced. Now, this is the outside door skin, I assume. That's the outside door skin. I kind of go, mm, I probably could have done that. But now that the car is there. Yeah, here's the problem with patching in metal like that on a big flat or contoured oh, man. surface. It's, it's going to be tough. Gonna, yeah, because anytime you weld, you're adding heat and then it's going to start warping. So yeah, you, we, we, you are, a, you or I could do it, but it would look like the waves. It would look like, holy hell. Yeah, it would look yeah. terrible. So the, the professionals are going to do it and I should have the car back at the end of, end of the week. Really? Or beginning of next week. I would say next week. Uh, well, this is all they have left to do. So and paint. Uh, yeah, but painting is like a day. Okay. It's only fenders for paint. It's already prepped for paint. The primers are, or the fenders are the primers. The fenders are primered. And, <laughs> the primers uh, are fendered. The primers are fendered. Good. And it's it's basically ready to ready to go. So all they have to do is do these door skins and then paint. Yeah. So they said end of the week. 
beginning of next week. I'm probably counting on the beginning of, of next week, yeah. but I can't. I'm driving around in this wagon, which I know it's like, oh, you're driving around in a wagon. It's a nice wagon. It's a TDI wagon. Yeah. It's a nice wagon. Nice but I'm, wagon. I'm so bored. It is so <laughs> boring. And I just wanna I just wanna enjoy myself in my car. And that car means so much to me. And I just want to take it somewhere. Meanwhile, you and, just keep going through old photos of it and posting new photos of it. And yeah, it's I just I I want to go somewhere. I'd like to go up to the to the North Shore, take a drive up to the North Shore and scope around. Also, um, I'm working with uh, Jeff Ball. Yep, and we are working on the Overcrest Rally. Really, we are. We're working on the Overcrest Rally. It's going to be uh, it'll be in late summer, early fall. And uh, we're thinking it's going to be a two-day event this year. So stay tuned for details on that. We're working on all the we're working on all the artwork and the logistics and everything else. Very so cool. kind of maybe get your get your hopes up. Start getting your hopes up for the for the <laughs> there rally. There will be an Overcrest Rally 2020. There will be an Overcrest Rally at the end of the summer, early fall. Awesome. So I like it. That's that's good. All right. So we've got a little bit of news for you guys. Yeah. Um, the derpy Volkswagen Golf. Have you seen the way this thing looks? Is this so? This is what the Mark Eight. Mark Eight. Okay. It looks like if you were going to have a visual representation of that's what it looks like. The GTI, and that was like, yeah. Have you ever made anything out of silly putty? Yeah. And then, but you set it down for a while and you walk away, and it kind of all the edges you made kind of round off, and it kind of melts, and your fingerprints disappear, and it goes. Yeah. That's that's this. So the Mert Golf can now be equipped with a Mert one liter engine. One liter. It's called the Life Trim. What? Life. Okay. The Golf Life. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, tell me about this engine. So with this engine, the Golf is capable of going from 0 to 60 in 10 seconds with a top speed of 126 miles per hour. Okay. 0 to 60 in 10 seconds. That's for a street car that you're just tootling around in. Still pretty slow. It is pretty slow. It's pretty slow. Um, Fuel economy is registered between 49.6 and 53 miles per gallon, which is awesome. That is good. That's really for awesome. a gas engine. Now, is this thing turbocharged? Yeah, it's, a t- it's their TSI engine, so it's a sure. turbocharged. Okay. Um, is it a four cylinder? Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a little little with the life trim. I just want to tell you about the trim for a second. Okay. The go- I think it's a four cylinder. I'm wondering if they lopped off a whole nother cylinder, Chris. It, it didn't say. Look it up while I while I look at okay. this. With the life trim, the Golf gets 16 inch alloy wheels. Nice. Automatic LED headlights. Rain sensing wipers. Front and rear parking sensors and keyless start. Inside, there's a digital instrument screen, 10-inch infotainment system, adaptive cruise control, and a variety of other safety systems. All of this, the base model Golf, the cheapest Golf you can buy, $28,000. $28,000. How is this entry level? How is rear parking sensors, keyless start, LED headlights, rain sensing wipers, uh, digital instrument screen, infotainment screen, cruise control, adaptive cruise control. How is that entry level? Entry level is cloth seats, radio without a CD player, crank windows, maybe air conditioning. It should be, yes. Air conditioning is the best thing that should be in a base model, (laughs) entry level car. Imagine what this thing would cost without all this stuff. I bet you could get this thing down closer to 20 grand. Yeah. If it didn't have. The problem is a lot of their R&D engineering, everything else for all those systems is baked into that. Right. But this, it's less about that than it is providing an entry. The average cost of a car is over $30,000 now. I I remember when you could get a Golf for 15 grand. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was you're the right. Mark, no, you're right. The Mark Six Jetta. Yeah. You could get for fifteen grand. It was crank windows and it had a two liter eight valve gas engine in it. Yeah. With cloth seats and some crappy radio. <laughs> and the you know what I I miss? What's that? Is climate control with just a knob. Yeah. You know I like the the automatic climate control, but just having a knob, it's just. It's, I agree. It's not gonna. It's not gonna break. I don't. I think this is a three cylinder. I'm not finding any info on this engine yet. It could be. It could very well. One liter would be a very small four, four cylinder. cylinder. Yeah. I mean, that's like a motorcycle engine. Yeah, essentially. All right. So Tesla has caved on prices. You know, they were very, very stringent. On, we're not lowering our prices. They're not okay. lowering our prices. Yeah. And they have also eliminated free supercharging with their purchases, which oh, I think is, that used to be a thing. You could always just go to the dealer or any supercharger. That yeah. is no longer free. On Wednesday, Tesla's website showed the starting price for its Model S sedan is now $74,990, down from 
$990. Its Model X is uh, down to $79 from $84. And the Model 3, which is really what I, I only care about here, yep. is uh, now $37.9, um, which I'm assuming is the front-wheel drive, not fast, no ludicrous mode version. Right. Tesla said it will also cut prices in China, as per usual, after price adjustments in the United States by around 4%. Um, in my opinion, this doesn't really change much. If you're going to buy an $80,000 SUV, it's not like you're going, you're not going to look at a Model X going, man, I really wish this thing was $74,900 instead of $80,000. <laughs> you're not doing that. No. Yeah, but that's not that big of a drop. If we can get the Model 3 under thirty five grand, I mean, that's getting really close. to Just think this Golf, yeah. this Golf is 28. I know. Okay, and by the time maybe you so, add a few other things, it's maybe 30. Now, is that released in the U.S. market? I'm going back to the Golf now. Because wasn't that, that one UK? liter thing? There's no way they were going to release that here. Okay, I highly doubt it. So that's it. yeah, converted from UK pricing. Right. So let's let's. It is a one liter, three cylinder turbocharged engine. Is it? It is. Record. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's zero percent chance that's going to be released here because Americans are not buying a three cylinder engine unless it's a Geo Metro or a smart car. They did buy those. No, they didn't. <laughs> that was a good point. My kids saw one of those driving around the other day, and they're like, Dad, why is that go-kart driving around? <laughs> um, yeah, like they said, they're also going to be uh, no longer offering free uh, charging to Model S and Model X, which I think is kind of a big deal. Probably. You know, they're dropping that. I mean, imagine what they were paying and charging in electricity to to do that. So they're they're lowering their cost, and they can't, I wonder if that's kind of making up the that's difference. That's the offset. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So the next... The uh, do you know have you heard of ACR for Dodge? Yes, it's the American Club Racing Edition. That's now, right. The first one was the neon. Jess, my wife had one of those right before I she crashed it right before I met her. <laughs> she got destroyed in that. Because they were those old neons were super good at autocross. Yeah, so it was the a, ACR version. It was a six cylinder, I think. No, it, there's no way they put a six cylinder in a Nissan or on a neon. Neon ACR engine. Yeah, no, it's a four cylinder. It uh, naturally aspirated four cylinder. I'm looking. Yeah, it's not a six-cylinder. You are right. It's a 2.4-liter. Why did I think it had a, a V6 or inline six? And I, I have no idea. Um, but they basically they're, they're made for going out on the track and having fun. Right. So on, you can the get weekend. the Viper in the ACR trim, which was like the really that was the king one. shit. That right. was the king shit. But now we know Viper is dead. They right. don't make Viper anymore. So uh, usually uh, ACR stuff means it's going to have some aero on it. It's going to be lightweight, suspension improvements, better brakes. Okay. Um, report, there's going to be reportedly two cars. Two uh, new ACR cars. Yeah, uh, Most likely one using the 392 Hemi. Okay. Um, and one using the 797 horsepower 6.2 supercharged. And this supercharge is not allowed in most amateur racing series. I don't think it. So I think a lot of them are going to be the 392. Um, according to rumor, the car was benchmarked against the Viper ACR. Okay, so Which, this car is a challenger. A challenger. It's the challenger is challenging the Viper ACR. Can you imagine they're, they're trying to, how good the Viper ACR was? It was very good. Now they're just taking a challenger? I know. Which doesn't seem like it's on the same tier level. Not at all. Um, it's going to have some crazy aero and suspension upgrades to uh, to keep to keep track. Their car that chassis is so old, though. I, I think at this point, chassis design is... We might be reaching peak suspension technology. I mean, yeah. how many control arms can you put on something? <laughs> Ask Audi. A lot. <laughs> Carbon fiber will replace uh, steel or aluminum wherever practical. The wing is right off the Viper ACR, oh, really? while the splitter is modified from the ACR E design and does include yellow bananas. On it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, brakes would not. Uh, brakes would be from Brembo. Suspension would be have uh, caster adjustments, height adjustments, camera adjustments, uh, dampening, rebound stuff like that. Sure. Uh, basically, it's meant to, you know, weekend track weekend warrior, yeah. right? And you know, whether that's SCCA stuff or whatever the case may be, I always like that they did this. You know, it's really, really interesting. It is cool. Um, it's probably going to be competing with, I don't like a GT500, maybe a Mustang mm, GT500, yeah, something, something in that range. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see how things go. Speaking of Dodge, though, Chris, the Dodge Caravan has finally sung its swan song. I almost bought one. You had a Dodge Caravan. Uh, as a Volkswagen. You had a Volkswagen Caravan. A Rutan. That was Which horrible. was just a badge engineered Dodge That Caravan. was, what a horrible purchase that was. <laughs> Why did you have that thing that's so I, out of character? I'm like, I got a Jetta. Wait, no. How am I going to put my kids in this? And then, so then I bought a Dodge Caravan. How long did you have that? I don't know, like four minutes. I mean, it was very, very short-lived. Yeah. Very, very short-lived. So first entered into production in 1983. 
The Grand Caravan is among the oldest nameplates in the industry and holds the distinction of pioneering the entire minivan segment. They were basically the first. Along with the Plymouth Voyager, the caravan helped Chrysler get back on its feet in the 80s. I mean, it saved... Might have saved Chrysler, to be honest. I mean, yeah, that was. I guess the, I don't know, but yeah, I know was, they were not doing. Great. That's the. I bought. I was gonna buy like an '88 Dodge Caravan. Why? Oh yeah, that's right. There was one that was just like super mint. It was perfect, and I'm like, is there anything wrong? It was. It was prob- one problem. It was maroon with maroon interior, but I didn't care if it was perfect. I'm like, it had eighty thousand miles. Well, would on you? It. You would get so bored of that so quick. Yeah, of course, but it's still an experience I wanted to have. <laughs> And I go, is there any problems with this thing? He's like, no, it's perfect. And I said, send me some more pictures. So the guy sends me more pictures, and there's like a dime-sized thing of rust on the rear fender. Yeah. And I go, nope. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's got to be. Because if you're going to have something like that, it has to be ironically perfect. <laughs> right. That's the only reason it's cool is because it's ironically. Like, why is this 88 Dodge Caravan in perfect? such good condition? Yeah, why? Right. And then right. you're kind of driving around like, <laughs> look at this. No, there was no little pukers in this thing. You yeah. know, there was, but it didn't work out. I think it was cheap, too. It was like $1,200. Jeez. I would love to have the turbo version of these. They put the turbo four-cylinder in. They also, some of the vans. did you know they put a VR6 in this? A Volkswagen VR6? They put a Volkswagen Who VR6 did? in the Dodge Caravan. Who did? Dodge. Seriously? Yes. When? In the 90s. Wow, I had no Early idea. Early 90s. Wow. Yeah. That would be fun. That, that would be, be. That would be Just awesome. Just like pipe it out, the exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, Caravan's dead because, of course, everyone's buying SUVs. Right. The, 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 uh, it's not really dead. What's the replacement? The Chrysler... Um, the one that actually looks pretty good from the rear. It's got it's all black in the rear and it's got the red taillights on it. Mm. The the uh the the Pacifica. You don't like the Pacifica? The Pacifica is not a good looking car. I will argue with you. I think the rear end of the Pacifica is a nice looking. I'm probably only thinking the first gen ones. I have no idea what they look like now. The Chrysler Pacifica is looks pretty good in the rear and they're comfortable. They have air conditioned seats. It's probably pretty good, but still you kind of drive around going, This is a it's van. just a minivan. This is yeah, a van. Exactly. Just just buy a van. Like, get a Dodge van, like a Ram van, and yeah. then have a van. The minivan is like, why do we need the minivan? I don't know, we'll just buy a van. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter anymore because they're all dead because it's all going to crossovers anyway. Uh, the Corolla uh, hot hatch is coming. Okay. Now, um, we've we- never had, well, actually, the AE86, the famous, like, drift thing, yep. that was a Corolla hatchback. That was a Corolla hatchback. So, th- have you heard of the GR Yaris? It's kind of like the hot. No. Y- it's like a hot Yaris that they were. That sounds. They were fun. thinking of bringing it over here, but they didn't. Oh, which is real. I was like, oh, it any looks- small car like that with a manual transmission that's supposed to be like hotted up. Right. Think, I of, think it'd be fun. Think of Fiesta versus Focus right. hatchback right. or whatever. That's okay. basically the difference between the the Yaris and the Corolla hatchback. Gotcha. Um, so it's coming with a 268 horsepower manual. Wow, uh, that's which actually- is which is really great. So it's a Toyota Corolla hatchback with. That in a wrap of new sports cars expected to launch by the end of 2021, Japan's best car, which is total English when you translate it from Google, <laughs> reports that the GRs Yaris is launched later this year. We followed up by the reveal of a model called the Corolla Sport GRMN. The report corroborates rumors that the Caliente Corolla. The Caliente <laughs> <Corolla>. <laughs> will be powered by the same 1.6 liter Turbo 3 found in the GR Yaris. Wait, 270 so horsepower three uh, cylinder? <laughs> wow. In a state of tune producing 260 horsepower and 273 pound wow. feet of torque, Toyota reportedly won't limit the shared parts to the GR Yaris's engine either. The Corolla Sport will reportedly mirror its smaller sibling by offering a six speed manual and all wheel drive. Oh, really? So rad. This that is thing awesome. could be really fun. The Yaris is the smaller Yaris is cooler. Looks is cooler. Is the Yaris all wheel drive? Uh, apparently. Uh, it's uh, it's cooler though. It's smaller. It's got better looks. Right. But we're not getting it. I know. So we get the Corolla. So at least we get that. Which is that's our life, right? We don't get the Polo. We don't get the Lupo. But we do get the Golf. Yeah. That's just the life. Well, of not anymore. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Not anymore. Um. So Kia confirms uh, a mod- moderately hideous but fast electric crossover for 2021. Oh, good. This is 
all of these fast crossovers is like this crazy march towards making soccer moms fast. <laughs> Doesn't it seem dangerous that Karen Karen gets to go zero to 60 in under three seconds? Yeah, it does. I don't know why. The first of Kia's next generation EVs will feature a crossover design, blurring the lines between passenger cars and SUVs. We've already blurred this, guys. Yeah, that's what exactly what I was going to say. What line? <laughs> Where is this line you speak of? There's this thing no got washed away a long time ago. This likely means the automaker is talking about the production version of the Imagine. By Kia Concept Car, unveiled at the 2019 Geneva Motor Show. The EV will also feature future-oriented user experiences. <laughs> what the fuck is a future-oriented experience? More screens. It's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. The, I just think screens and materials. Screens. And if it if you get in and you're like, this feels weird. <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> You're right, because that's the only way you can make things feel futuristic. If is, it just this, this is this strange. What is this? I don't understand. Just like if you were to give a Twinkie to someone from 1778. This tastes weird. Well, it's from the future. Of course it tastes weird. Yo. The as yet unnamed EV, internally known as the Kia CV, will be constructed on a unique platform called the eGMP, specifically engineered in collaboration with... Rimac uh -huh. to accommodate world-leading EV powertrain technologies. Man, can you buy stock in Rimac? Um, I don't know. Man, I think so. Uh, Porsches, they own part of Porsche. They're, I mean, they're, they That's are right. in this with the performance stuff. Um, more specifically, it will enable a single charge driving range of 300 miles as okay. well as high-speed charging time of under 20 minutes. Wow. This is made possible eight, by an 800-volt charging system Similar to one used by the Porsche Taycan. Right, which because we know, we know Tesla is only 400 volts. We just talked about last week. Uh, the Taycan is developed with Rimac as well. The technology so is shared there, so that makes sense. Uh, Kia did not talk performance numbers. The EV, I don't know where they get this from. Hey, guys, Kia did not talk performance numbers. But, but you, we're going to tell you But numbers. here's what they are. <laughs> All right, so this crossover, which looks weird. It looks okay from the front. The back it looks they like tried a kia. To like boat tail kind of it looks like a kia soul kind of in the front a little bit with the headlights the way they are okay the ev will reportedly rocket from zero to 62 because we're in europe and 62 is what we measure in under three seconds wow hey kids get in the car <laughs> <laughs> you better go straight to the chiropractor because uh, they all have gonna neck be problems wild just stupid this is stupid. It's very stupid. Yeah. This is the this is the problem is this technology is so easy that there's no breadth anymore. There's there used to be this reason to own like an M whatever or a right. or a Audi S faithful in the blank. Look or, at it this way. If you're gonna make an electric car, well, why not make it fast? Because you can. You can. I think you're gonna start seeing I wonder if you're gonna start seeing different electric motors and different batteries. You've got to find some way to they're doing this because you have to show that this is crazy. You if you buy this, it's crazy. It's from the future. It's fast. <laughs> well, yeah, at the some point it's really weird. At some point we're gonna get over that and you're gonna start seeing like, yeah, well, this one's motor is the size of a gerbil farm. You know, it's very, very small. It's got the <laughs> I little feel wheel. Like a gerbil farm would not be that small, actually. I'm thinking of the little wheel that That's the gerbils run on. Well, the gerbil farm at your house with the little thing Are with the little farming? wheel. You're raising gerbils? Because that would take much more space. Probably, it still would be a small farm. <laughs> okay, I guess in the context of a full-size farm, it would be small. All right, so Harbor Freight, which is where you should never buy tools. <laughs> Have you ever broken anything from Harbor Freight? Oh, all the time. I Everything I've broken, bought. I've broken a million sockets from that place. Yeah. Just putting a breaker bar on. They just, it's it's an easy way to injure, or in this case, die. Okay. So, so Harbor happened? Freight has recalled... 1.7 million jack stands. <laughs> yeah, the government says stop this. use immediately. The Oof. affected Pittsburgh brand three and six ton jack stands were in production for six years and spanned three separate model numbers. Now, I'm going to tell you the model numbers. Okay. If you have some of these, I'm guaranteeing some of our listeners have these because yeah. these were, you go into Harbor Freight, you buy jack stands. You're like, what could be wrong? It's just steel that's welded together. Right. How could this, uh, what happened was they have, uh, oh, here's the model numbers. Okay. 56371. Yep. 61196 uh-huh 61197 I need to make sure my jack stands are not harbor freight I do not have harbor freight I jack think stands. I have torrent all of my stuff is torrent which is still made in China but right it, but it's not harbor freight it's, it's not the harbor freight it's at the bottom of the barrel uh, the problem with these jack stands is that due to the uh, worn tooling at the factory surprise oh, no <laughs> the Paul the Paul which is the little thing that engages the the tooth height adjustable part of the stand yeah. is uh not reliable so basically, the it drops down into itself. Oh, which is just like oh my god, so dangerous, incredibly dangerous. So if you have some of these, um, please 
uh, uh, check out Take a Back. I feel like this is like some sort of Chinese black ops to kill thick-blooded Americans who do their own work. <laughs> All these Americans that still work on their own shit in their garage. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna kill those yeah. MFers. So what if I have one of these? Can I take it back and then replace it, or what? What is the deal? I'm assuming Harbor Freight's gonna give you a refund or exchange something out. I'm not sure. I didn't see that information there, but I'm I'm guessing you can. Uh, Go back to your Harbor Freight and complain. I'm sure they'll take care of you. Because yes. usually the customer service at Harbor Freight is pretty good. It has to be when every single thing <laughs> fails. Although there's a, there's a couple cool websites of how to modify yeah. your Harbor Freight tools to make them not suck. Right. Like some of the toolboxes are the actually toolboxes okay. toolboxes are very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can modify that stuff to make it not terrible. Every time I go in there, I just go... This place smells terrible. It's it like this. smells like all the oil that comes on all the things that are from China. All the rubber is just the rubber, and yeah, it does plastics. feel very like noxious smelling. It's, it's awful. It's like certain parts of Northern Tool also smell that way. Yeah, and it's just it's it's no good. So, Chris, do you want to hear some good news? I do. Something I'm ready. that you will like. I'm ready. Americans are expected to take more road trips this year than ever before. Usually, AAA, the automotive. What is AAA now? Automobile Association of America. That's the one. They issue a press release. Otherwise known as uh, tow your car for free. (laughs) Right. right. Yeah. So they usually offer a press release about like travel and gas price predictions right before long weekends and holidays. And they did not do that for Memorial Day because COVID lockdown made everything like all their models are like, uh, who knows? We We have no idea. The organization did, however, predict some good news. The resurgence of the American road trip. As the country opens up more, traveling will once again ramp up as folks want to actually get on with their summer vacations. But not to be in a plane. Right. So cheap gas, which we have, and of course the desire to not be breathing someone else's air on a metal tube in the sky means that more Americans will be hitting the road and vacation via the road. Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. As long as people are out exploring, you don't explore anything when you're on a plane. Nope. You, you don't. Obviously, it's, it's, it's... You know what I always find myself doing is looking out the window and going, oh, that's really cool. I wish you'd, like, stop there. I want to look at whatever that is down there. Yes, and if you leave yourself enough time on your road trip and make the road trip part of the vacation, it is a part of the vacation. Yes. The traveling is part of it, and then it's, you know, it becomes, you know, part of the memories, and you can explore and do things and stop off and see, oh, let's stop and see what is this. Let's read this. Let's pull over. Let's look. It's it's really, really... Chris, the world's largest ball of twine? I, Are you kidding me? I have seen the world's largest ball of twine. I have I have seen that. Yeah, of course you have, because when you see that sign, you're going to stop. You're going to stop. And, you know, honestly, have you been to Waldrug? Oh, yeah. That place is terrible. Don't but they <laughs> spend so much money on damn billboards. They it's must. like for 500 miles in every direction. What do you think spends more, Waldrug or Cracker Barrel? <laughs> True. That's a bit, But Waldrug is like the one destination. All it is is a bunch of stores that all sell the same thing right next to each other. And it's... All, I, they, I've been once when I was like eight years old. So I don't what about the, have you been to the Corn Palace? Mm, maybe. I There's don't so much cool stuff to see out there that it's just like, <laughs> ah, you spend like 10 minutes there and then you're back on the road. Yeah. And it's always really, really interesting Stretch to explore. Legs. So, Chris, Porsche 911 will receive much bigger displacement engines in 2026. Sounds great. Yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. In 2026, the next wave of regulations. Okay. Where is this going to go downhill? Will come with (laughs) EU7, which is their next kind of big criteria. Somehow I feel like this is going downhill. This is going downhill. Just just wait. This is big displacement sounds great, but as soon as you add regulation into the mix, they're going to do this is the worldwide toughest regulations for EU7, considering emissions, especially in the spread between real driving emissions and what is seen on the test benches. So there's always this kind of divide of like, okay, here's what we test cars for, but in the real world, how do they stack up? Right. They're saying this next wave is going to be way off. Like what they're requiring. In which way? All they're saying is it's going to be the biggest spread between real driving emissions and what is seen on the test benches with these regulations. So are, is it going to be better on the road or way worse? Way worse. Okay, why is Okay, so these draconian the regulations passed to coerce automakers into going electric. How? They will put a limit on relative power per liter of displacement, meaning an engine's horsepower output will be legally and directly dependent on how much displacement it has. So they're wait. So are they limiting horsepower per liter? Yes. What is what do we know the number? I don't. Not yet. They don't know. No, they're they just, said it's going to be twenty percent worse than what it is today. Okay, but hold hold on a second. The amount of power you're making per liter is also how efficient it is. Exactly. This is literally the opposite of efficiency. 
Who's making these rules? It's so dumb. If you're making more power per dis- per cubic volume of air, right? If you're using more gas too, I suppose. But it's also the efficiency of the exactly. Of engine. Ah. So the they the people that came up with this were thinking, all right, we have to incentivize. They're a bunch of pocket protector wearing losers. No, they they're never because they would be smart at least. Engineers would at least be able to say, okay, well, no, that's we need efficiency, right? What do politicians wear? Guys, they're a bunch of uh, uh, tissue where it goes in your your pocket square wearing losers. Square. They're there pocket square losers. Yeah, not yeah. pocket protector. Pocket no, we like square. the pocket protector guys. Yeah. We don't like the pocket no, square guys. No, I like that distinction. All right, so car makers have spent millions in the last few decades doing um, the basically downsizing of engines, which is why. 911s are smaller. Their engines are now smaller and all turbocharged, right? right? To make them more efficient. Many manufacturers will jump from four to six or from six to eight cylinders just to basically make the same amount of power with more displacement. The regulations are completely counterproductive to CO2 regulations. So this will go up is what uh, Wallace, sir, who is the, where did I put it? It's Frank Steven Wasser, the Porsche's head of sports cars. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, so Walsh just said making engines compliant will require catalytic converters that are three to four times bigger than today's, resulting in, quote, a small chemical industrial factory. (laughs) Scrappers are going to love that. Right? So uh, invest in platinum futures is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. In in turn, this will increase the cost of developing and manufacturing a car, and consumers will, of course, pay the difference. Okay. Why are they doing this? So what is the... The only reason they're doing this is to incentivize manufacturers to make electric cars instead. How? What, what's the what's the correlation? Because they say, okay, well, if it's more expensive and harder to make a performance engine that's internal combustion, then manufacturers will just instead move to electric motors. They're basically putting. So are they just basically gonna? Are they gonna shift back and forth on their regulations just so the manufacturers go fuck it and they just make an electric engine? Is that? That's exactly what they said. We'll have to make a new engine again. I'm actually getting warm right now. Yes. I'm. This is this is so stupid. It makes no sense yes. whatsoever. Why don't you just put a target efficiency and let the manufacturer figure out how they're gonna do it? That is the most logical way to do it. Say, I want. Yes, it would be. But that's not who's making these laws. It's so dumb, Chris. <sighs> that means we're going to have to have these big hulking engines that are just by their definition then not high performance and not efficient. Gone to the days of high revving, naturally aspirated engines, right? However, so wh- are, there, isn't, are we- there isn't a need for turbochargers anymore. Because you can't make so more power So is this going to be like the late 70s, early 80s yes. V8s? Everything's super low compression lugging along. Because they're still going to need to make uh, miles per gallon e- and efficiency requirements. Right. So you're going to have these big displacement, low horsepower engines. Exactly. <laughs> it's really frustrating. It's. I hope... I hope someone comes to them and says, look, this is entirely counterproductive and not good for any environmental rules or regulations, so you need to go back on this. So they're going to have to completely redesign another engine. Yes. After they just did that with the turbocharged engines. They just said that Carreras are always going to be turbo now. Yeah. But, but not anymore. But not anymore. So basically what Porsche has been doing is they've been like, hey, we're going to we're gonna be pushing this turbo technology. Turbo, direct injection technology. They want high efficiency. This is what we're going to do. Hey, it makes everything more complicated. It makes it a hell of a lot less reliable. But guess what? That's what they want. Right. That's what we'll do. Right. So they shovel hundreds of millions of dollars exactly. into developing these engines. And basically, industry and corporations need an even keel. Yeah. They need predictability. That's why when um, Trump started like changing up all these like, well, we're going to undo all these environmental regulations. I'm like, well, that gr- sounds great. But at core, it's like you're just changing what all the manufacturers expected. Right. This is just another variation of that. It, it just ends up costing the consumer money. So these they're are not just, just going to eat it. No, these are only EU regulations. Keep in mind. So Porsche it's has. OK, it. so what? 
Well, they're not Porsche gonna... hasn't ruled out making different variants of the 911, including naturally aspirated high-end models for ha! markets. Finally, yes. what goes around comes around, yes. and we get the cool exactly. shit. Ha! Screw you, Berlin. Yes. Yes. Screw you, London. <laughs> Screw you, Paris. <laughs> Oslo. Copenhagen. Everywhere else. You're we just listing finally... countries in Europe that he knows cities from. Madrid. <laughs> Suck it. Prague, maybe. I don't know if that's EU. <laughs> finally, we're getting the cool stuff. You can have some big bullshit, terrible high displacement, low power horsepower V8 in your S class. We're going to have some super high horsepower turbo four cylinder exactly. that I don't really want either. No, no. But hey, at least we're getting something. That yeah. would be great. I'm fine with that. Fuck Europe. <laughs> now you're fine again? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, but no, but seriously, no. No, it's just... This is, <laughs> seriously, it's, no. It's very dumb. Yeah. Um, Chris, here's some interesting news. So a Tesla Model 3 owner has locked a carjacker inside the car that he was trying to steal with the vehicle's app. So here's how. One of the handy little features of the Tesla Model 3 is you can use your smartphone as basically the key instead of like a key fob, right? Okay. So this is primarily a convenience feature. However, the owner of a Model 3 found it also helps with security. The Barstow Police Department in California, so they done that on May 8th, a man by the name of Charlie Smith opened the driver's door of a Tesla Model 3 while the owner was sitting inside and screamed at him to get out. Now, I didn't include it, but it did say that he was twitching and blinking his eyes rapidly. And oh, was on so something. he was. So he, he, that is scary, right? He was hyper. For sure, yeah. scary. And the owner obliged and Smith jumped inside the car and tried to drive off. However, the quick thinking owner used the Tesla app on his smartphone to turn off the engine immediately and lock the doors. Before long, authorities arrived on the scene where Smith was still locked inside the Model 3, panicking. Now, the Model 3 features subtle door unlock buttons on the grab handles, and evidently, this guy couldn't find them. You know what I would have done also? I would have been hitting that fart button over and over again. So the guy's sitting in there as somebody, who's farting in here? The guy's obviously crazy. Who's farting in here? Or if you're a nice guy, be like, hey, police are coming. Why don't you just play Snake on this giant screen yeah, while you, you wait? Go. At least you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I know. When I first read this story, I was like, "How you can't lock someone inside a car. Well, you can if they don't know how to open the door, I guess. Well, you can if... In my, uh, in my, you'd have to do child safety locks, but the right. front door of a car does not have a child safety lock, Chris. No, I know it does not. No. You know, I miss having the little thing that you would just pull up because a lot of cars you don't have that anymore. You don't have the, yeah, the little actual the door, door lock pin. knob, the door lock pin. Yeah, you door just, lock pin. That's and it. you just pull it up. You know what sucked is on some of the old Fords, and I think this was distinctly a Ford thing, like the old Explorers and Crown Vicks and stuff like okay. that. It was round. It was yeah. like black and it was round. Kind so of you like, couldn't like grab like, it to pull it up. No, it was like a bollard like, that you would see in front of the grocery store. Oh, right. Yeah, like yeah. one of those things. And if you had your arm out the window and someone locked it, for some reason it would catch your skin and suck it inside the door. <laughs> and it hurt so bad. It was the absolute worst. So anytime you'd see like somebody's arm on the door, you go kunk and you'd lock it. And it would and suck. Go, ah, oh, it was every single time. It was quite painful. Yes. All right. Next story here, Chris. I think you're going to like this one. There's a neighbor that has taken it on to his own hands to fix his neighbor's noisy exhaust. All right. So in a recent Facebook post, one Aaron Robinson uploaded a picture of his car's exhaust system, apparently filled with expanding foam. It's the same guy that worked on my car back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> love that tough stuff, expanding foam. So this Facebook post was accompanied by a letter written by an angry neighbor, which reads, now, Chris, I'm going to read this as it's written which is not well okay okay i finally found you you want our attention you don't want our attention okay i, I don't get it do they or so do i, I not they, want the they attention? don't i think he's saying like oh well you have loud exhaust so you obviously want to cause attention to yourself but you don't want our attention okay but all he wrote was you want our attention you don't want our attention you have 14 <laughs> days to fix the mufflers or put the stock back on don't egg us on you will only regret it we encourage you to call the police. Install video. Nothing will work. So this was obviously something that somebody put into Google Translate and then just wrote it down <laughs> from whatever from whatever language that they... I don't know. It then goes on to conveniently list the local police phone number and provides one more exclamation. Fix your muffler. Conveniently, the uh, I'm sure he could have called that local police phone number for destruction of property. Which he did. And what happened? I don't know. It's uh, The Facebook post said he basically... 
filed a police report against the guy. Um, now, while I would certainly be angry about this as well, the owner doesn't seem to be taking this with much class. His post on Facebook read, Isn't this cute? Please come near me or my family or my car cameras and guns for days. Wow, so we're just going to shoot somebody. I for, guess so. Yeah. Also followed by a quote, I hope someone gets COVID and dies a slow, painful death over this. This My guy's guy. a class act. Oh, he could have just left this be a funny thing. This it would have been a funny thing. Now, it is ironic, though, because Ford does offer a, quote, good neighbor mode on Mustang GTs with the optional performance exhaust. So it's just a... a, a it's a baffle, yeah. right? But they call it the good neighbor mode. So the idea supposedly came from one of the company's own engineers who was driving a Shelby GT350, which does sound really good but it's loud. And one morning a neighbor called the cops on him. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, good neighbors is, is nice. This guy sounds like a total douchebag though. Yes, it does. I, if someone put spanning foam, I though, I would be pretty, upset. I would also be upset, but yeah. I would laugh for a minute. I would, I'd be upset. And I'd be like, wait, what? look at this stupid oh, letter. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, hit that subscribe button and yes. leave us a five-star review. If you could, we really would appreciate you leaving a review. We're going to do a couple giveaways with, uh, with the pins, um, coming up and we're going to let you know the details on that. It's going to have to do with leaving some reviews. Correct. Uh, so we look forward to doing that. We will see you guys on, uh, Friday, yes. which I think we've got a fun episode uh, that we've got planned. I, I almost want to tell them what it is, but I'm not going to. You're just going to have to look forward to it and figure it out for yourself. Head over to patreon.com slash overcrest. Support That's right. the show. It's only $5. Don't be a freeloader. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Take care.